Welcome to the Inspiring Women of the 719 podcast, brought to you by the Success Collective. You see these women every day in the grocery store and on the soccer field. They are women just like you and me, and yet they are living inspirational lives through their thoughts, words, and actions. Let's meet the powerhouse next door with today's host, Brittany Hansen. Welcome to the Inspiring Women of the 719. We're so excited to be here today to learn from an amazing woman here in the 719 area. Today's guest is Erica DiMaggio. Erica is the owner of Sorry Bridal Boutique, a business she started in October 2019, right before COVID hit. Passionate about her industry and spreading the message to brides to be themselves and to get away from the cookie cutter weddings. She's a big time reader and reads about 60 books a year and loves to go to Urban Egg with her two sons or grabbing cocktails on Friday nights with friends downtown at Urban Steam. Welcome, Erica. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so we'll just dive right in. Tell us your story. How did you get into the bridal industry and what led you to starting your own business in the industry? Uh, well, my very first job was in bridal and I just never left the industry. My mom encouraged me to get a unique job. She said, you have your whole life to work jobs that are just going to pay the bills. And right now you're just working for experience. So she told me to pick a job that I thought would just be interesting and fun. So we were already in the industry at that point. She and I were shooting weddings together as uh, wedding photographers. And so I went and asked a bridal boutique if they would hire me. And at first they said no, because they weren't hiring. Um, but then when I explained, I just wanted to work a couple of days a week because I was 16, they brought me on. And after that, I literally never left the industry between bridal and big events. I've been in it now for this is my 17th year. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And I love that at 16, you're asking for a job, like just go get her yeah. right off the bat. You just ran right in there like, hi, hire me. <laughs> hi, this is me. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and so then um, what was kind of your turning point to be like, I want to do my own and I'm sick of working for people. So my um, now ex-husband and I had a rental property at the time and we sold it. And at that point we were already kind of talking about a divorce, um, but we still wanted to reinvest it. We wanted to do that together. Um, and you know, we had, he knew that I was still in that industry in a, in a different way. And that I'd always wanted to kind of go back into that part of it and that, um, I had been talking about starting a boutique for a long time. So at that point we took part of the rental property, um, money that we had gotten from that. And we invested into starting the boutique. Awesome. That's a fun way to get there. Yeah, it worked. It worked out. <laughs> Okay, so elephant in the room, and I'm sure you're sick of talking about COVID, but what was it like starting in 2019 and basically the industry that did pretty much come to a screeching halt, a gathering, which is a wedding 101? <laughs> you know, well, starting was great. It was very enthusiastic. There were no red flags at this point. You know, it was October, so it was like, oh, lovely. It's fall. This is amazing. And, um, you know, then a few months later, we were in a weird way fortunate because, you know, a lot of our vendors are in Europe, they're overseas. And so we were hearing a lot about it before it got here. Um, we were hearing a lot from our vendors saying, hey, this is, you know, this is serious. This is happening. We're having to shut down. So we were in a unique position in that we kind of got a little bit more of a forewarning than a lot of other industries. And so we, we were able to kind of start prepping as we heard that, um, 
it became clear to us, I think really quickly that it was, it was coming here. We were going to deal with this. We were going to deal with what they were dealing with. And so we did have a smidge bit more time to, to kind of prep, to adjust some of the things that we were doing for the spring. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was a rough transition. You know, the, the industry really did stop. Um, everyone was, you know, we weren't allowed to see our clients in person. Our clients weren't allowed to see their families. And, you know, even if they wanted to shop, who do you want to shop with? Your family, your friends. Um, and they were being discouraged from seeing them, from traveling. So it was, it, you know, you have this contingency plan, you know, our age group, um, 33, you know, we, we kind of came through a recession. So, you know, you feel like, okay, I've made my business recession proof. I have this whole slideshow of how to make it through a recession. I've got a game plan, um, but you never plan for your clients not being able to come see you. Um, so that was definitely a, a massive shift because uh, we, our, our industry is not allowed to sell online. We're not allowed to publish pricing. So we can oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, wondered so, that looking at magazines and stuff. I'm like, just give a price. Yep, we're not allowed to. Um, our our vendors will actually stop selling to us if we publish our dress prices online. So we weren't able to make that online shift like a lot of other oh, businesses. So I had no idea. Pivoting. <laughs> the word of the year, pivot. Yeah, exactly. So right. when it did come to a screeching halt, what did you do to stay afloat instead of just the easy way? You know, if I was in your position, new business, it probably would have been like, okay, I'll try this again later on. Like, <laughs> now's not the time. Universe, whatever. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, there were a couple of things. So in the in the business side, we're a unique business structure and then a lot of your payments happen over time. So a lot of our clients that were already established were still paying through that time window. So we weren't totally bereft. Um, you know, there were some of those unique online pivots where you made it, where you could send dresses to people and let them try them on. And, you know, these, these weird little workarounds, but by and large, I paid it out of pocket. Um, I kind of just had faith that my business would survive to the other side. I, I did have a lot of industry experience, so I wasn't brand new coming in. Um, but we didn't, we didn't get a lot of the disaster funding. We were so new. We didn't have a year over year to show them. So in their opinion, we didn't lose any money. Uh, even though we had to be closed for eight weeks, we weren't allowed to have a single bride in the store. Um, they, they sent me back something saying we can't establish a loss. So I just had to pay it all out of pocket for about two and a half months. Oh, that's rough. What was your inner dialogue through it to like, cause you're a positive person. I like about your, a word I would say to describe you is like your persevere, like through anything, like throw it at me. Yes, it's hard. And I might have a pity party for a second, but I'm going to handle it. So give me one second and then I'm handling it. You know, I don't, I don't even know that. I mean, I'm so glad that you feel that way about me. And I guess if I look back, I guess if I look back on the history of what I've done, that's absolutely what has, has come out of it. But I think in that moment, you know, just like everybody, right. We all thought we're almost there. We're almost there you know, just two more weeks, just a month, just whatever. And so I think if I'd had any idea of the scale, I would have been a lot more panicked. <laughs> but in the moment, it was just, okay, if I can just get us to next month, we'll be fine. We'll be able to open back up. We'll be okay. And so it was, it was almost literally day by day of, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this and that's going to prep me for next week. And then the following week we'll, we'll be open. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's like, nope. Okay. One more month. Okay. So tomorrow I'm going to do this to prep for next week. That's going to prep for our opening in two weeks. And it was just always that. And I think that's probably the only reason I stayed sane was because there was no grand scale to it. There was no, this is going to take you a year um, that you're going to have to stay afloat and, and beyond. Um, it was just tomorrow, next week, next month. 
And I think that's as far as I ever let my brain plan um, or ever as far as I let my brain scale it. I think if I'd really let myself get a hold of the idea that it was going to be longer, I don't know that it would have been as smooth as it was. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, you have to look at things day by day. It really does oh, absolutely. back that if you look at everything at once, you'll be overwhelmed. Anyone sure. would. It was definitely the next stair and not the whole staircase for sure. Oh yeah. That's a great takeaway. <laughs> and then I'm um, with today. Now you're obviously booming. Weddings are popping off like crazy. Um, has last year affected your business practice now or um, how you prepare or do things? Definitely. I think it, it has, it sh- honestly, I think more than anything, it showed me that how I opened it was really smart. Um, and my financial preparation in what I thought I needed to do as far as having a really good reserve opening up even more than the bank had advised, um, really planning ahead financially really worked in my benefit at that point. And I, I think that more than anything, it just confirmed that I had set it up right. Even when a lot of people said I was uh, being a little bit over the top, um, mm-hmm. and it wound up saving me. So I'd say more than anything, it just confirmed, but as far as how it affected the business long-term, the, you know, our biggest challenge, just like everybody else right now, staffing, um, you know, we, we put out a job post, you know, at the beginning of the summer, we had 40 applicants and two people showed up for their interviews. Um, so that has probably been the, the hardest hit for us is just staffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Okay, so now we'll pivot away from the sad COVID parts of business. <laughs> and um, because you've been in the bridal industry so long, um, I want to ask you this piece for any brides listening or brides to be. What's your biggest piece of advice on a wedding day? Oh, wedding day? Uh, hire a day of coordinator. Shameless plug for myself. Uh, <laughs> but any of them will do. Um, hire somebody to help you. Uh, the, the day of is... Best case scenario, hectic, stressful. Um, even when everything is beautiful and amazing and smooth, there are still a million details, uh, a million pieces of things to just keep track of, um, you know, tons of vendors, all of it. And so for a bride to try to manage all of that and still really enjoy her wedding day is a feat in and of itself. Um, so to always have somebody that will help you coordinate, help you keep your schedule together, help you keep all of the parts and pieces that in, you know, in the box that need to make it to your venue. Um, all of that is, it's just a lot for one person to deal with on their wedding day and still enjoy it. So it's supposed to be the most monumental day. I feel like exactly. there's so much pressure to people they put on themselves of this is the greatest day of my life. I need it. I need to be so happy right now. And they're like, but I'm really distressed, you know? And you know, I joke with my brides all the time. I'm just like, listen, I'm going to hand you an ice cold champagne and a regular temperature Xanax. And I'm going to send you into your bridal suite and just go <laughs> calm down, girlfriend. Like I have all of this for you. Um, you know, let me carry that for you. And, um, I, you know, no matter who you hire, it's, it's worth it to hire a little bit of extra help to take that all off your plate. Uh-huh. Love that. And I have to ask you, so, um, most people in the bridal industry have noticed, and I know a lot of people ironically in the industry are hopeless romantics. Like I see that. So yeah. when I first met you, I loved the Aztec where you're like, well, yeah, I just got divorced, but I opened a business right I divorced. <laughs> and, and also I'm selling wedding dresses. <laughs> so for most people, they'd be like, that's a sad reminder to me daily. When, and like, even on your post, you see, you still get choked up watching someone try on a dress oh, and absolutely. see their joy. Do oh, you yeah. still have that romanticism still? with love and all of that. Oh, absolutely. getting to be around it. 
Yeah, I think I'd say at least two or three times a month appointments will get me and I legit cry through their appointment. Um, I, you know, I'm, my ex is an amazing human being and I'm super glad that he's in my life. And I guess that makes it easier. Um, he's a great dad to our kiddos. He lives four minutes from me in our same neighborhood. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of gratitude around that. And I think we have a really fantastic relationship and I think that makes it easier. Um, I, I love my industry for what it is, not for how I experience it. I love, yeah, I love what it gives to other people, what it allows them to do. Uh, for themselves, for their families, um, for the couple, uh, you know, as that new thing. I, I love that for them. And I absolutely still get choked up. I still have moments with brides where I'm like, I can't right now. I need to step away because I am going to cry. Um, and, you know, I do that at weddings when I do, when I service weddings for any, anything, I wind up crying at least one time. Um, you know, the dad sees her for the first time, the groom sees her for the first time. And it's just that moment that Ah, I don't know. I think if you don't have those moments, at least every once in a while, it's probably not your industry. Um, you're, you're not giving the, the right vibe to the brides if you can't still find a little bit of love in there. You know what I mean? You don't think like a bitter maid would do well. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, don't, don't be angry. Don't be angry at the people that are happy to be there. You They're know, that are in the peak of their happiness. Yeah, exactly. Just know. let it flow. Don't get married. Don't do it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I, I love it. They come in and they have the same questions. They're like, well, how do you still feel about it? I'm like, I love it. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're excited. And I love being able to help them really find their own voice instead of, you know, like you said, having that cookie cutter wedding where they just do everything that they think they need to. I want them to do things that really light them on fire, really make them excited. And, you know, people look at their choices and say, wow, that's so her. Wow, that's so him. Um, wow, that's so this couple, those things make me light up inside. Yeah. And then I want to talk about your business model too, because it's very unique to your industry, it especially is. your pricing model. I love because the accessibility, Yes. how did you decide on that, on being that price point instead of, you know, $500,000 dresses? Sure. So I, I wanted to hit that middle range. So I took the, the national average and I wanted that to be my store average um, but I have a strict rule in my boutique that I have a particular markup for each of my dresses. And that is what it is. And if a style is super popular and everybody loves it and I got a great deal on it, so does a bride. I, I refuse to mark things up because of popularity. Um, I refuse to mark things up because they're in a magazine. I just, I can't do it. I can't in good conscience do that. I want a bride to be able to come in with a reasonable budget and walk out with something really beautiful. And I, I don't want her to be locked out of something just because it's popular, even though it costs me the same as the other dress that she loves. Um, yeah. So for me, that was really important. And tell people, what is your price cap? Because that's what I thought. So, oh yeah. So our, our price cap for the whole store is 3000. Um, so nothing in the store is over three. And if you saw these dresses, which I've seen them in there, you would have no idea. And I watched Say Yes to the Dress. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. But it's like, you see those dresses and you're like, that dress has to be 10 grand. You're like, nope, it's yep. this cost. So I love the accessibility for people. And I think a lot of people don't even understand that there is dresses like that that aren't like David's bridal, like in the mall. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about them is I work really hard to find dresses that are really well-made. Um, so they're coming in and they're not getting that. 
Davis bridal quality where it does, it feels not good on, you know, they're putting things on and it feels luxurious. It feels soft and comfy and, and beautiful. And it's actually within their price point. They're not walking away from a dress because they can't afford it. So, and I, I love that your space is luxurious. You would never guess that your price points that when you walk in, it looks expensive. It looks exclusive. I think that's one of the benefits of being in this industry for so long is, you know, it's like, this is what brides want. And I wanted, I wanted brides to look at the space and just want to be there. Um, before they ever saw the dresses, I wanted them to see pictures of my space and just say, I want to be in that space. I want to go hang out there. I want to go take selfies there. I want pictures of me in this space and I'll figure out the dresses later. Um, and that was, yeah, that happens all the time. People just see it and they make appointments from the window because they just want to come in and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so neat. Like a way that you put that out there in your space. You can feel your love and the experience you want for people to have versus just the cell. It's the experience oh, yeah. too. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to talk about on here is your giving back and how you facilitate that. So tell us about how you use your business to give back to the community. Yes. So we have a um, female entrepreneur scholarship for graduate students. So um, I was part of a really like in my life, very formative scholarship program that um, really made it where I felt confident to start a business when I did. Um, and that was always something that stuck with me. So before I opened my business, I knew that I wanted to have a scholarship program. And, you know, undergraduates generally, it's a lot easier to find money for. But once you go into graduate school and your advanced degrees, it's a lot harder to find money. Um, so I wanted to, you know, kind of our informal you know, tag around it as boss babes building boss babes. You know, we want, we want there to be other, you know, female entrepreneurs that are growing their businesses and are gaining the education that they need to grow in their industry. And so we, um, before, before we even opened the doors, that was something that was established. And we use a lot of our after hours events to, um, to uh, fund that scholarship program. So tell us what your next event is. So people listening. So our next event, well, we have two that will be coming up in uh, the late fall. We'll have our midnight release party. So once all of our new dresses for the fall come in, we will have a midnight party where we will have a runway show. So all of the brides that are shopping right now can come see all of the new dresses at one time. And then we also have a married ladies only event. We just did our last one, but we will have our next one, married ladies only event where, um, our married ladies of the community can come in and drink wine, eat food, and try on all the new wedding dresses. How fun is that? Yeah. Where can people find information on that? So on all the scholarship of that, and your events. So the scholarship information is all on our website and all of our events are on Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. And then since you're such a book nerd like me, what book are you reading right now? I actually just finished the Midnight Library last night. So I'll start the Paris. I have a lots of library books. Um, I'm starting the Paris Library tonight, but I just finished the Midnight Library last night. What stars do you give it? One out of five. Oh, Midnight Library, five stars. That was so good. What hands down awesome. recommended to <laughs> I'm going to add that one onto my list on Amazon today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us. I know you're super busy and I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, all things bride. It's so fun. I definitely want to check out that midnight release party. I mean, even though I'm not in the market to get married right now, I love anyway. to see wedding dresses. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing with us today, Erica. And thank you to all of our listeners. Stay inspired.
Thanks for listening to Inspiring Women of the 719. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on all the socials. Until next time, here's to inspiring the 719, one woman at a time.